are listening to the Patriot Pastors Podcast, where we talk about today's issues from a pastor's perspective, as well as calling America back to the faith of our fathers. Pastors Wade Lentz and Harold Smith are your hosts, and now let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Patriot Pastors Podcast. I am your co-host, Harold Smith, and I'm joined by my good friend and fellow co-host, Wade Lentz, pastor of Barrel Baptist Church. How you doing, Harold? Man, I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing good. You got that garden all planted? and yeah, I got it planted. I tell you, I have got a garden. We're going to feed the church this year. I planted 44 <laughs> tomato plants, 40 pepper plants. I have... I don't know. I think something like eight or 12, 12 foot rows of onions. So wow. yeah, it's like a prepper garden this year. <laughs> it kind of sounds like that. The old hee-haw. What's for supper, Grandpa? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've been out there so much. I kind of feel like the scarecrow in, in the garden. I'm ready to, but I've got it all planted. I've got it fertilized. I've got it just about mulched in. It's just about to the point I watch it grow. So yeah, I'm ready for that. Awesome. Well, what are we talking about today? We are going to talk about the pros and cons of having a Sunday night service, or as I like to call it, to Sunday night or not Sunday night. That is uh-huh. the question. Yeah, yeah. That's a good, that's a good question. And, and uh, you know, a lot of churches are having to deal with that question again as they open up their services and some many churches started out with just having a Sunday morning and not having a Sunday night. And now they're contemplating uh, having that Sunday night again. So it's a, I think a very needed podcast. I do too. I, I've, I was thinking about it, you know, we were talking about this topic and I began to think about it, you know, just kind of rolling it around in my mind, preparing for the podcast the last couple of days. And I thought about my dad. He lives in Greenwood, Arkansas, and in 1967, a tornado just wiped out Greenwood, Arkansas. I mean, his parents' home was picked up off its foundation and moved and had to be tore down and rebuilt. And and, and I said, man, dad, it must have been awful going through a tornado and everything getting destroyed. And he said, yeah, but on the bright side, everybody built back with indoor plumbing. And I thought, yeah, I guess that, you know, because nobody wanted to pay to have a bathroom put in their home or right. everybody still had outhouses, you know? Yeah. And so COVID closed down a lot of churches and caused people to really look at how they do church. And I'm going to go ahead and say on the bright side, some things are going to be changed for the better coming out of COVID, especially mm. in how we do church and what's important. What does the Bible say? Is this mandated? These are all things that, that preachers and congregations really need to work through in the days ahead. That's right. Yeah, and so we've kind of put together a, um, an outline of, of what we're going to be talking about. And first of all, we're going to be talking about the benefits of having a Sunday night service. We're going to be talking about then the burden of having a Sunday night service. And then we're going to be ending up talking about the boneheads. Amen. <laughs> who, who makes Sunday night service a legalistic matter. Plus two points for alliterating. <laughs> yes. Well, do you want to go ahead and start out with the some of the benefits and sure. blessings of having a Sunday night service? Every time you open God's Word together corporately, that is a blessing and a benefit. 
Mm-hmm. So if you can add another service where the saints of God gather around his word, pray together, sing together, fellowship together, and, and study the word together, that's a good thing. I mean, it's hard yes. to say that's wrong. And, and I don't think anybody should say Sunday night services are wrong. Right. But there is a clear benefit to meeting and meeting more often. As a matter of fact, I think you can find instances in the New Testament that would allude to they met daily, you know, mm-hmm. in, in breaking bread together daily, house to house daily. Um, you find a lot of instances where the churches are meeting during the week for prayer or various things. I'm thinking about Peter being in prison there. They were meeting in the middle of the week praying. Mm-hmm. So when I'm, when I'm thinking about these, these kind of all-night meetings, you know, Paul preaches all night, a guy falls asleep, falls out the window. That's right. definitely an evening service. I don't care how you <laughs> slice that. So there's some yeah. benefits to having more instruction poured into your church, more fellowship among the saints. So it's, it's hard to say that there's no benefit to a Sunday night service. I think if you're saying that, you're just um, you're just so against something that you're willing to go beyond the scope of scripture and benefit to be against it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, there there are many many benefits to having a Sunday night service, and Pastor Kevin DeYoung would agree with you. He was interviewed, uh, and the article is entitled "Why Churches Should Resurrect Sunday Evening Services." He really uh, gives some reasons why congregants should consider keeping them if they already have Sunday night services. If they don't, he gives some reasons why they should. Uh, He says here that having an evening service keeps the Lord's day, the Lord's day. And he noted that without the evening service, he said, I find it too easy to treat Sunday worship like an hour to get done at the beginning of the day. So, but he definitely would see the the benefits of Sunday night worship. When he started there as pastor, they did not have Sunday night worship. He started that in 2004, and uh, for him and his church, it's been a help. And so, yes, anytime that we meet together and open up God's Word, we sing. Yes, that's always a blessing. That's always a benefit. And uh, so it's it's not hard to to find those benefits and blessings for sure in having a Sunday night worship service. One of the other benefits is, I guess, you instill a certain amount of schedule, routine in your people. I remember the old three to thrive, you know, phrase. Mm-hmm. Uh, our church does three to thrive. You, you come three times, you, your spiritual life will thrive. I would say that, but why not four and thrive some more? You know, where does this stop? (laughs) That's the thing you have to keep in mind here. And I hate to jump ahead, but I mean, there are benefits to meeting. And uh, the other side of the coin is I would say some churches have Sunday morning and Sunday night. They don't have Wednesday night. There's always a benefit to getting together. And I would say a churches ought to meet more than just Sundays and Wednesdays. Mm -hmm. They ought to have a men's prayer breakfast or a men's uh, Bible breakfast. I spoke at one last week in Oklahoma. Yeah. And at that prayer breakfast, there were probably 20, 25 men and, and some young boys gathered together. Uh, they do that the first Saturday of the month. They cook a big breakfast. They sit down. A guy comes in and teaches the Bible. I'd have a hard time saying there's no benefit in that. And yeah. uh, our church, a lot of times the ladies will get together and do a little Bible study and then go somewhere on a trip, kind of like a, a ladies' day out. I'd have a hard time saying there's no benefit in God's, you know, women getting together and fellowshipping and doing those things. So 
there's never a time to criticize and say, oh, oh, this is, this is bad, bad. Uh, right. I don't think it's, I think when you talk about the benefits of Sunday night, you always have to talk to talk about it as if we do this, it will be spiritually beneficial. And like you say, the, just the fellowship alone um, is, is beneficial. It seems to be for me that Sunday nights were, were always more laid back. People were more relaxed. There was more conversation. There was more uh, fellowship among the, 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 the saints. And as a pastor, I love seeing that. Yeah. And, uh, and really miss it for the biggest part because uh, we do fellowship after our, after our morning service, but people are more in a, in a hurry to get out. They're hungry. They're ready to eat their, their lunch, their Sunday lunch. So, um, yeah, the, the word of God, opening up the word of God and preaching, but also fellowship is a big thing that is a benefit. That reminds me, you know, when we had Sunday night service, so I, I guess I need to go ahead and do the disclaimer. Lee Creek doesn't have a Sunday night service right now, but when we did, my wife and I always ate with families from the church after Sunday night service. Matter of fact, mm -hmm. we were so regular uh, at one time, we could go into the pizza parlor and sit down and they brought our drinks out because they knew what all of us drank and all the way down to our children and then they would show up with our pizzas because they knew exactly what we were going to order for pizzas because we, we had that much fellowship every Sunday night. So right, there's right. the great, you bring up a great benefit for extra fellowship. Yes. Well, what about the burden? Yeah. Kids get back up, get, get your, get your church clothes back on. We're going back to church. <laughs> yes. Young families. Yes. Yeah. yeah it's, it's hard. hard on young families. And you know, I think a lot of times preachers will argue for Sunday night service because they're like, well, we've got to have Sunday night service. You know, people will fall off the, the rails if they don't. But what you have to keep in mind is a lot of people work six days a week. And so right. by working six days a week, that is the only day they're home. Yeah. When we had Sunday yeah. night service, we had a, a young couple that they came every Sunday morning and every Wednesday night. And I mean, they were there. They, they, they never missed, and they just would not come on Sunday evenings. Well, I kind of got under my skin. You know, I'm mm -hmm. like, these people are faithful. They give. They, they work in the church. They just will not come on Sunday night. And so I just went up to the guy, and I said, hey, brother, why don't y'all come on Sunday nights? You know, I got a great series I've been working on. I think it would help you uh, that we're covering on Sunday nights. And he said, well, Brother Harold, he said, I work six days a week from about 7 o'clock in the morning to about six or seven o'clock every night. Mm. I leave in the dark. I get home in the dark. He said, then on Saturday, I have my own business that I operate for about 10 or 12 hours. He said, Sunday's the only day I see my family. Right. What was I going to say to him, Wade? Oh, you put them kids back in the, in the car and drag them back <laughs> yeah. down here to church and you sit down and be quiet for an hour. Guy working 70 hours a week and I'm going to tell him he's, he's, he's wrong. <laughs> no, mm. it's a burden to him. And, yes. um, you know, I worked at one time in, in, in a factory and I worked night shift. I went in at seven o'clock every evening and my pastor was trying to tell me at the time that I could come and go to the first 45 minutes of church, leave at six 45 and still get to work on time. Well, yeah, I could, I could come in dressed for church because you couldn't wear what I wore to work to church. 
And I thought, why in the world would I want to get up, take a nap after Sunday morning service, get up an hour early, drive to church, get 45 minutes of a message in, then go to work? That's a burden. And and that's what I've heard from a a lot of our um, members as we're talking about starting our Sunday night services is that especially if you have a, a family and with children, and obviously the, the parents are going to be working, they're tired. Um, it's, it's always a chore to get back uh, after your Sunday afternoon nap and, and then get the kids back calmed down for Sunday evening for them to sleep and go to school the next day. And uh, so that, that's definitely a part of the, the burden factor on the Sunday night worship service getting more in depth on the information of Sunday nights and the history of it. Uh, I always assumed that Sunday nights just started, you know, in the maybe mid 1800s. No, it it goes back long before then. It goes back, uh, for instance, Spurgeon always had two services on a Sunday. Uh, Jonathan Edwards in the 1700s, two services on a Sunday. I even found that even the reformers, such as Calvin and Knox had services on, on the Sunday evening. So it's not just a, a new thing. It is a, historically, the church met more than just one time on a Sunday. One of the burdens you could say is that, especially for a pastor or church, it can be quite discouraging when you only have a quarter of those who come back on Sunday night. And that could be a burden that can be disheartening sometimes. Let let me say this too. You know, God created us with a pattern of six days of work and a day of rest. And I believe that when we say it's the Lord's day, we ought to make it a day of rest. This is personal conviction. Now, I believe that the Sabbath laws are not to be kept. You know, we don't limit that we can only walk a 16th of a mile and, you know, these sorts of things. But I do believe there's wisdom in taking that, that day of the week, which used to be on a Saturday. I believe it now to be on a Sunday. I'm not a Sabbatarian, per se. But if you start thinking about all of the things you have to do in your normal routine to get home, get everybody fed, you know, if you've got little kids or you've got work to do, if that's your only day off, it's your only day to mow the grass, whatever it is, you're going to go out and try to cram all of that into an afternoon so that you can be back for that evening service. And there is literally no rest on Sunday. What I have found and what I've heard and feedback from, from our congregation when we talk about now that we don't, and we're about three years into no Sunday night. And they're like, Brother Harold, I really enjoy Sundays more because I'm not, hey, we got to get out of church because we got to get to mom's because there's a birthday party and then we got to get home and get this and then we got to get back to church. It's almost like when you take that second deadline off that evening service, it's like the whole day just went, hey, look, we can let this day unfold. There is no secondary deadline that Mm -hmm. we need to be wrapped up and done for. And, you know, being a pastor, everybody that knew me knew that, you know, Sunday, you couldn't have me come over. I had to do what I had to do. I had to get ready for the service. I had to be back in time to get the church opened up. And, you know, my mom and dad would be like, y'all want to come over Saturday for your brother's birthday, or we want to take the grandkids. Everything was on a Saturday because Sunday Mm -hmm. was, it was consumed with, you know, that secondary service. And wait, it's unbelievable 
I don't get home on Sundays till three o'clock, two right. thirty, three o'clock. You say, why is that? Well, there's no secondary deadline. When we dismiss mm-hmm. church around noon, people stand out there in, in the porch of the church and talk till 1230 at times, mm-hmm. believe it or not. Right. They yeah. will stand around for 30 minutes and they're like, well, let's go get something to eat. Just this past Sunday, for example, there were 10 of us that all ate together. We didn't get there till close to one. We sat there till probably two, two thirty. By the time I got home, it was three o'clock. I would never do that knowing I needed to be back at church at six. So when you talk about that fellowship that you gain on that Sunday night service, actually I'm picking up more of it on Sunday morning and Sunday afternoon because there's nothing to come back to. You mentioned something about busyness and that is a big burden, a big issue uh, for the average active church member on a Sunday because let me just tell you what an, what the um, typical day is in the life of our church and many other churches if we were having both services um, on a Sunday. So you would start out Sunday school, 945. That would lead right into 11 o'clock worship. We would meet back at 5 o'clock for our evening service. If you sang in the choir, then you would be having to meet back at 415. So after choir, 5 o'clock worship. And then you served on, if you served on a committee, you had a committee meeting after that. And so your, your Sunday was not a day of rest at all. It was a very busy day and you came home just, a, just an average church member. You came home tired. And uh, so that's definitely a big issue that, uh, you know, that you have to consider if you're talking about the burdens of Sunday night. You know, we're talking, supposed to be talking about the burdens of Sunday night, and I'm really probably have been talking more about the blessings of not having a Sunday night. And one of those blessings is I'm able to attend religious events or church events on a Sunday night. I'm thinking about a mutual friend of ours, Alan Nelson. He's, they're going to be a little celebration at his church as he gets his Masters of Divinity from Grace Theological Seminary. And that they're going to have a little reception for him at his church on Sunday night. Well, since we don't have service, I might just load up and drive an hour and 45 minutes and surprise him. I mean, Mm -hmm. nobody listens to this podcast, but you and me and our moms, so (laughs) he won't even know I'm coming, you know, but, but I've done this before with other preachers that do have Sunday nights, especially in small, more traditional type churches where maybe they're a little discouraged, you know, Mm-hmm. It does them good to, on Sunday night to see a fellow pastor come in, to sit down, to hear them preach, to fellowship with the saints. It does those smaller churches good to know sure. that they're still networked with other churches. So I think there's a burden to having to do the Sunday nights, but I really think there's a blessing to being free of Sunday nights. And if somebody wants more instruction, uh mm-hmm. I mean, I I do. I attend Sunday night services regularly and not regularly, but periodically in other congregations when it fits into the schedule. Right. What, what about the, uh, we, we talked about the blessings and the benefits of it. We talked about the burdens of it. Would you say though, we don't have them more for pragmatic reasons? You know, we might say, well, man, we're not going to have them Sunday night service because we're only going to get a quarter of the people there. And that's just going to be 30 people there. And that's so much work on the pastor, you know, so maybe we just won't have it because the crowd's small. 
Is that a reason not to have it? Is that kind of, is that just pragmatic reasons? Well, it could be a pragmatic reason. And, you know, especially if you have a bivocational pastor and he's working a full-time job during the week and you're expecting him to prepare a second sermon, lead a second song service for three old ladies, mm-hmm. you really ought to consider how much time this guy's spending with his wife and kids. Right. Because typically that pastor is a young pastor that pastors that type of church. Yes. And you really ought to consider that, you know, pragmatic, hey, look, there's just three old ladies here. Mm-hmm. I remember one time I was asked to speak at a church and I said, brother, I'd love to. And I drove an hour. About half of that was dirt roads. I got back there. There were two old ladies sitting on the front row. They handed me the Sunday school quarterly and they said, you teach Sunday school. I yeah. was like, really? And so I opened up a quarterly, had no idea. I read the Sunday school lesson to them. We talked about it. We dismissed. They both went to the bathroom. They came back. A visitor showed up. We had three old ladies for church, and they were thrilled to death that they had a visitor there. And I preached, and um, we went home. And they were saying as I went out the door, you know, since we're having a visiting preacher, we're not going to have Sunday night service. Since you're having to drive out here from an hour away. And I thought, my stars, do these two old ladies really need a Sunday school lesson, a Sunday morning sermon? And then the pastor drives way back out here in the boondocks and does a Sunday night service. That brings me, let's just jump into the bonehead side of things. (laughs) If you feel like, no, these, these two old ladies do need three biblical lessons from three different books of the Bible today. Why don't you pack a picnic lunch And after the three of you eat a a ham sandwich or a kosher beef sandwich, depending on where you are in uh, Romans 14, whatever it is, then you preach your second service and you leave there about 1.30. And they've Mm -hmm. had their three messages. Why are we mandating this p.m. service? Isn't 1 o'clock p.m. just as far? I mean, isn't that an afternoon and evening? Why do we have this four or five hour gap? Sure. Where did that? Where did that originate, Wade? John R. Rice. <laughs> <laughs> the sort of the Lord mandate. What that. he says, what he says by George, we obey. <laughs> I remember Tony Hudson saying, I wouldn't go to a church that didn't have a Sunday night service. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, and that's what I want to get into with the boneheads. I mean, there are guys that are mandating you have to have this second service, or we're not your friends anymore. Yeah, and yeah. that's really where it is. We don't want to be friends with a pastor that doesn't have a Sunday night service. Right, and right. I would just say you need to learn the lessons of Jerry Falwell. You cannot legislate morality. You can't mm-hmm. guilt trip your people into going to church on a Sunday night to make them better. Yeah. You know, the problem, if someone doesn't want to meet with the saints again, forcing them to go doesn't change their heart. You can't legislate good behavior. Right. That's legalism to the core and it has never worked. Yes. Well, I, you know, I was, I was there. I was that bonehead legalistic, bless God. If, if you are a pastor and you don't preach on Sunday night, it's because you're just plumb lazy. You ought to resign and go sell socks at Dillard's. You have no business being behind the pulpit. I believe that. I even preach that. But guess what? There's nothing at all biblical that mandates that a church is to have two services, and it must be in the evening. Yeah. And just ignorance out of my part. But, yeah, there are a lot of people who attend 
Sunday night services because of legalistic tradition, that this makes them more spiritual than the other church down the road or other individual who does not go back to church on a Sunday night. Go back to what, what we were talking about, benefits. None of those benefits was that the Bible commands it and we want to be obedient. Mm-hmm. The benefit was always an added opportunity to sing, an added opportunity to pray, an added opportunity to fellowship, and an added opportunity to study the Bible, all in a corporate worship setting. Now, why can't you have that service, that third service, why can't you have that Tuesday night or Friday night yeah. or Saturday morning? Or You pick it. Why does it have to be Sunday night? Why is that there? And the only answer you have is people are setting this up as a standard of, well, this is what conservative Baptists are doing, or this is what God's, you know, this is what the committed are doing. Y'all can be over here uncommitted on the sidelines. And that whole mindset of just coming up with some extra biblical, you know, it's like wearing a white shirt or, or shaving mm-hmm. or, or yeah. you know, whatever it is that you want to make, you know, dress to your ankles uh, all those same kind of rules are, are applied to um, Sunday night. And I, I'll just be honest with you. I wouldn't go to a church that mandated Sunday night. Sure. Now, I'm, not, I'm not against Sunday night, but I am against right. you saying that you must be there Sunday night. Right. That is, that, that is unbiblical. It's extra-biblical. Yeah. And I will say that in that article by Kevin DeYoung, he did say that the Bible uh, did not require an evening service, nor was it considering being disobedient if members did not attend both services. So he, he made that very clear when he started the uh, Sunday night services that, hey, you know, the Bible doesn't require this. And if you do not come, you're not a disobedient believer. That's, that's a good way to put it. You're not putting any right. guilt upon those who do not come uh, due to various reasons. And you're not making those who do come uh, feel more spiritual because they are coming. Um, so that, I thought that was a very good, good way to handle it. Like you're saying, the legalistic view is maybe having good intentions, but it's wrong. Yeah. And, and I think that's what COVID has done. It has, it, it has made us realize what's required in order to be meeting as a church, you know, and, mm-hmm. and people have asked me a hundred times when I've gone outside of my own congregation or I'm around a group of preachers, how did your church do online services? And I just simply said, we didn't. And they said, well, how did you, how did you survive? I said, we met mm-hmm. and sometimes privately, sometimes secretly, but we met. And, yeah. uh, and I said, so it was a good test run because if things get bad again, we know what we're going to do. And, we, we, we didn't have Sunday nights going into this, but we did give up Sunday school for a while. Yeah. And about, I would say about September, when the kids started going back to school, end of August, we had people going, hey, I miss Sunday school. I, I miss the one-on-one instruction. I, I miss the, the, you know, the, the, I miss my kids coming back, talking about what they had in their class. And I said, okay, let's start up Sunday school. So what COVID did was it revealed to us that Sunday school was just as important to us is Sunday morning and Wednesday night, but mm. nobody said, Hey, we ought to start coming back and going back to the old Sunday night service. 
that was never something that we missed when we when we quit Sunday night. And so I say that to say at one time we didn't have Sunday school. We had Sunday night. Then we had Sunday school. We didn't have Sunday night service. So this is why I love being a Baptist. Individual church autonomy. Barrel Baptist can do whatever is right for you guys, Wade, and the people you pastor. Lee Creek can yes. do whatever is right for the people that I pastor. And Nobody should be criticizing you or I for having or not having a Sunday night service. As long that's as we're exactly preaching the right. biblical gospel, stay out of our business. Yes, that's right. But I, I think this is a, a good podcast. Uh, this has been a help to me. And uh, I know and there are several other pastors that uh, hopefully will find this beneficial to, to them. I hope so too, Wade. And uh, I think it's a timely topic and, uh, you know, our prayer always with this is just to cause people to think, to get information, you know, to make make informed decisions. That's mainly the main thing. Uh, too many preachers are in an echo chamber. They're just surrounded by people that, that echo their viewpoints. They've never been challenged. They've never had to go to scripture and say, biblically, can I defend this? Mm-hmm. Or, biblically, can I prove this to be wrong? Instead, right. they've just heard, hey, man, I keep going. Hey, man, I wouldn't sure. quit. You know, <laughs> yeah. and, and so our purpose yeah. on this is not to be provocative or, hey, Wade and I have it figured out. It's just to cause the listeners to contemplate what they're doing and why they're doing it and, you know, develop their own individual belief system according to mm. the scriptures. Yes. Well, man, well, I've, I've enjoyed being with you. I have too, Wade. I want to thank you guys for listening. And until next time, God bless. We'll see you on the next podcast.